Why, hello, Gabby and Natalie. Hello, hello. Hi there. Hey, Gabby. Special Lumber Slingers episode we got going on today. We're talking to our pal, Gabby, our industry bud. Hey, Gabby. So excited to be here. We're happy Welcome. to have you. I was, uh, I think I told you, Chelsea, I was just randomly scouring my um, podcasts and came aclo- <laughs> across this Lumber Slingers episode from, I can't even remember how long ago. Was it three years ago, maybe? <laughs> 2019. Gotcha. Okay. It wasn't that long ago. But, um, Feels like three with COVID. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Pre yes, COVID times. Pre COVID. <laughs> And I said, Chelsea, what is this thing? And that is the question that will haunt me now because, like, oh, <laughs> why don't you find out? Why don't you come here and find out? And yeah. here you are. <laughs> Why, thanks for bringing it up, Gabby. <laughs> you waited two years. That's a long game you were playing there. <laughs> a year and nine months, maybe. I think we nice. did it in summer of 2019, but... um. We had a lot of things happen between that. That's for a whole nother episode, but we, we've been itching to get back on here. So thank you so much for being with us today and also inspiring us to continue something that we really wanted to do and being with us today again. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. <laughs> well, we'll just start off here. Just maybe let our listeners know, Gavi, how did you get into the lumber industry? I would say by total accident. I am a late Comer to the industry. I've probably only been in the industry for about seven years. My beard would tell you otherwise with its snowy whiteness. But a great beard. Thanks. I was pushing for that. I was working in the insurance industry for about 10 years, in the airline industries about 10 years before that. So some might call me a drifter. And uh, <laughs> I, I just happened to be at an event, a social event, and I ran into somebody who was a mill owner and started chatting with him about uh, what he does. And he was so passionate. And then it got to that point where he asked me about what I did. And I was like, oh, I work in insurance. And it just, it, it really sparked something. And he, by the end of the conversation, he had made an offer to me. He said, would you ever consider coming on over to to the lumber industry? And uh, at that time, in that moment, I, I was like, well, no, not really. I'm, I'm kind of set. This job's got great benefits, blah, 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 as all the uh, checks, all the boxes. And well, lo and behold, two weeks later, I was working for uh, his small family run cedar business. And um, I have not looked back, you know, uh, it's one of those things that just really spoke to me. I think being a 100% desk job at the insurance place was really not what my soul was asking for and uh, being able to get out to the mills, being able to, you know, when we can travel again, uh, travel to go see customers throughout the United States is where I usually handle my sales. And uh, it's so dynamic. And my wife and I were laughing the other day because I have this Instagram account called Cedar Guy. And she's like, you know, you never had insurance guy before. <laughs> I was like, what would I take pictures of? Pens and yeah. <laughs> papers, documents, any documents. <laughs> so, so how that, long? How long ago was that? That was yeah. That was about eight, seven or eight years ago. That, awesome. that decision was made, and I I was thirty eight, and so a scary time to make a change. You know, a very wholehearted change from the world of insurance to to something way more cool and exciting and tangible like lumber right right yeah 
we're so happy you came. (laughs) (laughs) Airlines. I don't think I knew that one. So you've, I think it's great that you have a diverse uh, industry background that for sure. I've learned something from each of those industries that I probably carry with me to, to each of my interactions. Right. I think having, having a, a breadth of knowledge behind you can can come into play wherever. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm kind of curious what what your job in the airline industry would have looked like this past year. Yeah, I um I actually stay in contact with my old crew, and I think I had started in the airlines in 1996, and those they're almost at that cutoff point for layoffs right now going that far back wow wow um, seniority list so so yeah it's it's tumultuous it's something that uh i have to be grateful for in this industry right we yeah the last year has been uh a blessing in that um it seems like everybody's uh had a need for lumber and insatiable need for lumber at that so um i think we're all pretty lucky that we've been insulated from a lot of the turbulence that service industries and, and airline industries and restaurants and the like uh, have been facing. So. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, it's funny, Chelsea and I were just talking about how, gosh, last March we were looking ahead thinking what, what's this going to bring? What kind of recession are we going to be in looking back and, and looking forward? We are so lucky to be in this industry at this time because it, it's been a wild ride and fantastic. And we've been just so lucky. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's actually a great segue into kind of the discussion we wanted to have today about what's going on with lumber prices and, and what is going on in our industry. And just for the typical lumber buyer who might be going to Home Depot or a contractor who can't find the supply that they need, what the heck is going on, guys? What's going on with lumber? What's going on with prices? What's going on with supply? So many thought, questions. How we long thought is last this year at this time it could just what's that? <laughs> How long is this podcast? <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're trying to keep it 20 minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's just crazy to think about a year ago. Nobody was really sure. Um, right when all the shutdowns began in March. And uh we all thought we were headed right into a recession, as we mentioned. So um, just being burned by 0708 lumber industry <laughs> and knowing what that feels like, of course, how could you not go straight to that type of thought? So, you know, there's a lot of things that play into why lumber prices are what they are now. Uh, where should we start? I think um, that that time period is a great place to start. Uh, that that uh, It was a great description. There was this... Um, I, th- I feel like there was two schools of thought that were happening. Like, what's going to happen? Let's hang on. Let's wait. Everything is going to shut down. We won't be able to do a thing. Builders won't, um, inspectors won't be able to go to sites and, and permits won't get passed and development will all stop. And, mm-hmm. and then there seemed to have been another behemoth and, and that was uh, the box stores. And they were just, reacting to folks coming in a little bit more and folks were at home and and so they had to restock their shelves and and so they were the ones who kept order file going and kept inquiries going and so i think um yeah i think that started a, a path that has continued unabated since uh that march time frame that you mentioned right so right how, how long has it been a year a year and a yeah a year and 
year and a month since it really started affecting us, you know, in our countries, respectively. I think that also kind of what you brought up with the box stores being the Home Depots and the Lowe's, you know, fueling the the do-it-yourselfers and the remodel people that wanted to remodel maybe or redo their deck. Okay, well, I have to stay home. I'm going to do that anyway. Where you also had the manufacturing side and the sawmill side of the industry where some of those sawmills and manufacturers shut down as well. And so that caused a whole other problem with supply where these orders that maybe were already on were now out an extra month or so, or, you know, and so really things started ramping up and we were already behind. It's a great way to, to look at it. Um, I think uh, in my situation, coming from the coast of British Columbia, there's uh, a lot of logging activity that if we back up the tape a little bit, that was hampered just prior to March. Uh, one of the major sawmills up, uh, in British Columbia was on strike for eight months. And right. so there is already a, a backlog in in supply and and just your normal demand at that time, right? Uh, so it was manageable, I think. Um, that strike impacted a lot of um, forestry uh, companies that were contracting as well. So they, a lot of uh, harvesting had stopped during that, that period. And then uh, when that strike ended, it was within a month or so that the pandemic came about. So we started the process behind the eight ball uh, up here in the coast. And again, there was, I think everybody got excited. Well, we've got some wood, we've got some wood, we've got some wood. And that's, it created a bit of a frenzy and and folks were were having a great time high-fiving and selling. Mm -hmm. But I don't think anyone thought it would last this long. It's like we said, it's been 11 or sorry, 13 months now. And it's, been nonstop and that same demand is still going unfettered right and there just hasn't been that uh, the company I work for you know likes to build up a log deck of of about three months supply just to be able to be able to process at your most efficient rate and and in this world in this economy I don't think anyone's been able to operate like that and and you're seeing things like um log auctions uh, going at unprecedented prices, which goes down to the manufacturing costs, which goes down to mm-hmm. the um, shipping costs, which goes down to the end cost to the retailer, right? So so there's a bit of a, a progression that's happened there with skyrocketing prices. Right. It's interesting how you mentioned, you know, we started already behind, right? We started with the strike and then jumped into COVID. And I think a lot of us thought that okay, well, the winter will catch up. We'll catch up this winter and we'll be ready to go for, you know, next building season, the summer. And here we are in April and we're not even close. And now yeah. we're going to hit the nice weather. We're going to hit, you know, peak building season. It's just, we've never caught up. It's 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 a great point. And I think I had that same thought. I thought, well, this is going to be a, you know, a sigh of relief. We can get our bearings again. But um, that demand some some folks have been telling me there's Januarys and Februarys were their some of their highest months in, in the last year. The other thing that goes against that theory is you know I'm looking outside uh, at the mountains here in Vancouver and and there's still snow up there. Mm. The the ski mountains just closed actually I think either this past weekend or next weekend they're going to be shutting down. So when you've got skiing going on up there you it's it's always a good sign of what's happening further uh, up the coast in the logging areas is you can't get to some of those high elevation trees. Um, you're limited to lower elevation where snow is not a factor. 
or freeze. And, and you had to have been a genius, I think, in order to set up a road to that particular area to be able to log that particular area. So I don't think things played out as perfectly as that, right? So there's just so many factors that happen in the background and be it, uh, you know, you've got to go through a permitting process to get a road access. You've got to get the right size of trees. And, and you know, all of this happens months and months in, in advance. And I don't think anyone's crystal ball is really able to forecast uh, where that demand was going to be so heavy and, and what exactly you needed. So yeah, we're, we're in this situation now where a lot of the products that have been burnt up over the last year have been sort of your decking products, your fencing products, um, uh, siding. So we refer to that as the narrows, right? So the one by four, one by six, one by eight, um, and then two by four, two by six, two by eight. That is your most common application for day-to-day consumer use, right? They're doing a two by four, a five quarter by six deck or a one by six fence. And everybody's just been sitting at home staring at their <laughs> things that are rotting and wanting to replace them. Right. So, right. Do you, do you, have you been in my house? Do you know what I'm doing at home? Cause I'm literally just staring at my fence all day long thinking, Oh, I really <laughs> want to replace this fence. Bad timing, Natalie. <laughs> it yeah, is you- crazy because, you know, being in sales, I'm constantly looking for new accounts and distribution. And I have all the ideal customers coming at me wanting that five quarter by six or that one. I'll take three truckloads of one by six, you know, STK. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. You want me? Like, <laughs> no doubt. You've been hanging up on me for two years since my last episode of Lumber Slingers. <laughs> and then they're like, produce a unicorn for me, Chelsea. Yeah, right exactly. on the <laughs> Oh, I think it's interesting though. Also, I mean, you also, there's a lot of factors that play into what's happening right now, obviously with housing starts outpacing, the demand is outpacing the supply on that as well. And, and that obviously drives the price up of lumber. NAHB came out and said that it's any upwards of $24,000 per house increase on just lumber to build a new house. And housing starts are up and buyers are encouraged right now because the lowest interest rates ever here in the States. Natalie, do you know what the last, was it, is it still in the twos or threes? I'm sorry. I don't. It's low threes today. Threes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know that that's all playing a factor, you know, as well in what's happening with lumber. And, and I don't, I can't believe nobody's talking about this, but with COVID, we all had to build outdoor eating areas and it's all STK cedar. Like you want to know why we're out of STK cedar? It's all these little restaurants that you're driving by <laughs> downtown. <laughs> you know, I mean, that those home centers sold through a big pile of wood to build those little, you know, eating areas as well. I mean, not that that necessarily drove the entire market up, but if you just look around there's an example every day of where this lumber is being used. It's a great comment, right? So yes, things like that. Things like, sadly, boarding up buildings. Uh, there was a, a big phase of, of riding that was happening um, in pockets in the U.S. So a lot of your... Um, right, plywood, uh, right? Yeah, absolutely. Your plywood was being used up. And we, we've got the same sidewalk cafes up here. And... Yeah, I think folks are just getting whatever they can. It started out at the, you know, nice cedar ones, and now you're just seeing whatever they can. Whatever get. can, absolutely. <laughs> I saw anything. Yeah. yeah, I guess for reference point, if anybody um, maybe listening to this doesn't know, lumber we use market indicators, though necessarily 
Gavi or myself, we don't necessarily sell commodity lumber, which would be a two by four, two by six stud that you build a house with. That's what we use as a market indicator to see what's happening with pricing and and what's happening in the market because it's usually the lowest priced item on the market. And a year ago, it was at $381 for two by four, two by six in our industry publication that publishes our weekly prices from the mills, which um, is random links. And now the last price I saw was 1044 a board foot. That's 171% increase since a year ago. So yes, I mean, just to look at just that two by four, two by six stud that used to build a house with, that's a huge increase. And you think that's something no one's even looking at, right? It's getting covered up. <laughs> right. It's when you, when you start looking at things that you do look at, like uh, your, your cedar deck, five quarters by six cedar decking, um, and I'm going to reference just sort of the industry standard that we use is uh, by uh, per thousand board foot. I'd say a year and a half ago, uh, we were looking at, you know, maybe uh, $1,800 uh, per thousand board foot. And I'm seeing numbers upwards of $3,900 per thousand board foot. Um, yeah. Same thing with like uh, your your a truck of one by six tongue and groove siding. So that's that nice interlocking siding that you would see inside of a sauna or, in, or on the side of a house. That would, uh, you know, a truck of that would normally you'd sell to a distribution outlet for about in normal times, say pre-COVID times, around sixty thousand dollars for a truckload. Uh, that's thirty-six thousand board feet of product. Those are going well over a hundred thousand dollars for a truckload of that now. So, right. And when we're working here in Clear Cedar, you know, you can have a million dollars sitting on one truckload. Yeah, coming to the, you know, t- coming to the facility. That's scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's not even truck. get started on on trucking. We could have a different podcast on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then yes, of course, trucking. Um, another added cost to what's happening with the pricing of lumber is that. Some of us are paying double what we were paying a year ago for a flatbed of lumber to pick up and deliver product. Absolutely. Um, I think the a couple of things in play there, folks are needing it right now and and yesterday, right? So uh, they, they can't wait for the rail car shipments that can take four to six weeks sometimes. So uh, there's a, a bit of a chokehold on trucking, not enough uh, equipment to go around to satisfy everyone. So that's just automatically creating a supply demand increase in, in that cost. And then uh, typically around this time of year, we've seen it here in British Columbia, there's a fuel surcharge that kicks in. Normally it's about 3%, but we're it's a 10% fuel surcharge right now. And there's other things like a few mishaps have happened with trucks. So in British Columbia, you've got to have specific licensing and training. And uh, that is an added cost on the truckers as well. So all of this stuff just adds up to more and more cost, right? The final tab. Yeah. And I think a question that I hear, especially, you know, right now, I've never seen this in my career. I've been here for almost 14 years this year. I've never seen us quoting price time of sale, you know, because our replacement costs could be vastly different by the time, I'm sorry, price time of shipment. By the time we ship it, the prices could be up 10 to 20% on our replacement costs. And a question I hear from my customers, especially when they see the sticker shock is who's, you know, who's making 
the extra money. If it's up this much, who is gaining all the profit from that? And and I don't really have a good answer for that, Gabby. I don't know if you do, but our company, you know, our overall revenue is up because demand is up and we have great supply and great supply relationships, but not our margin percentage is not up. So it's not as though we're adding or tacking in an extra percentage to, you know, the receiver of the product. Who is gaining? Yeah, it's it's a great question. We're constantly analyzing return to the mill, right? And and even in this current environment, we have to look at ways to try and make sure that what we're producing is actually producing money for the mill. Um, we've we've got to make a lot of changes on the fly, even when the dollars are this high. And and I don't think there's an easy answer to that, other than the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. I'm using it next. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess my question is for Chelsea and Gabby, both of you being in sales. So there's constant conversations about how high prices are, but when is it ending? When is it stabilizing? I guess is more important. I think everybody always has that in the back of their mind, right? Really, um, really there's been numerous iterations of speculation on it, right? The duty recently, uh, dropped from 22% um, out of British Columbia down to about 9%, which is a significant drop in, in duty. And everybody thought, well, this is it. The prices are going to come down. This is That period of time came and went in the blink of an eye and nobody <laughs> even spoke about it. It was just, mm-hmm. get me my wood. I don't even care about anything. Just get me my wood. So your normal factors have sort of lost the, the impact that they normally would have, right? Um, just in light of this this unreal demand cycle, there's a lot of speculation currently. Like, will will it be in in Q1 of next year? Will we start to see some normalization of of fiber supply? Will you know vac- will folks be vaccinated going back to the office and not staring at their fence? Natalie, <laughs> you, you won't even care about your fence when you're back in the office. It'll just rot away. Yeah, it's 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 a real crystal ball analysis that. Uh, is so cloudy right now, I think. And, and you know, there's the one constant is when will this demand cycle start to, to taper, right? That, that's going to be the biggest, biggest factor. So. And who's going to get stuck with the high price inventory, <laughs> the hot potato, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Not the Illuminati. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to return it to the Illuminati, I think. (laughs) Hey, Gabby, thanks so much for being on. We really appreciate your time. And we wanted to uh, end our session with a few rapid fire questions. Let's do it. All right. What is the last book that you read? It was a forestry and biodiversity book. Nerd. Come on. Nerd. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, well, that ties in really great to this question, which is, what's the most recent thing you learned within the industry? Never listen to a cedar salesman. (laughs) (laughs) Covering your butt. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Describe the lumber industry in one word. Rampant. Good. Um, What's your favorite thing about the industry? My favorite thing is, I think I mentioned it, alluded to it earlier, it's dealing in a tangible product. Uh, you've got uh, 
you know, someone sends me a picture of a project that they completed that was made from the lumber that came from the forests of British Columbia. That's my jam. I love it. Awesome. That's awesome. That's such a perfect one to end on. Yeah, it is. Sweet. Awesome. Well, Gabby, thank you so much. This was awesome. You, You will be a reoccurring guest on our show. I hope you know. I would be honored. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gabby. Thank you. Have a great day.